0: Somebody say praise the Lord. I'm glad to be a part of the church of the living God. Amen. Aren't you glad to be in the church? Amen. We're going to look tonight at a very important passage. I want to title what I'm going to say to you tonight, Christ in me. Everybody say Christ in me. Now I want you to recognize and understand the power of that and the, uh, the privilege of that and the anointing that that brings. And how that raises me to another level of living if Christ is in me. Somebody say amen. And we're looking at Ephesians chapter 6 and we'll read verse 10 tonight. If you have your Bibles, turn there. If you don't, we have it on the screen. Amen. Ephesians 6 verse 10 is where we begin. Finally, brethren, my brethren, uh, Paul says basically in closing... Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, put on the armor. Amen. Amen. Be strong and put on the armor. Verse 12, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, for this reason take on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. There is an evil day in all of our lives. There may be more than one evil day in all of our lives. Somebody say amen. I want to stand in the testing day. Take on the whole armor that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. Amen. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Pray and watch. These verses are very, very important. It says that if we don't do some things, we will not stand in the evil day. We will not uh, be able to repel the onslaught of the wicked. Uh, We will suffer defeat if we don't do some very important things. Somebody say amen. God bless you. Let's pray together. Before we're seated, let's ask the Lord to have His way. Father, thank You for Your blessings, God, and Your goodness to me tonight. Thank You for the privilege we have to be here tonight in church. God, I pray You anoint, O Lord, the hearers tonight and anoint the preaching of the Word. In the name of Jesus, we give you honor and we give you praise tonight, O oh God. Thank you, Lord. You're an ever-present help in the time of trouble, Lord. We praise you for that. We worship you for that, Lord. Help us, God. Lord, to know, Lord, that the enemy will try to come in like a flood, but your spirit will raise a standard against it. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. You can be seated In the name of the Lord, I'm thankful for revival that's burning in the church. I'm thankful for people that are uh, believing on the Lord and being baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Spirit. I thank God for saints. I thank God for saints that are on fire, that are faithful to church, that are faithful to praying and fasting and seeking God. We want to sustain the work of God in this community. Amen. But before we go into everything I want to say tonight, I want to look at verse 12 in Ephesians chapter 6 and focus on a few things. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. You recognize that we wrestle. Somebody say wrestle. Notice these words in this verse. We wrestle. That means the word literally in the, in, the, in the Greek means grappling or the act of engaging in close hand-to-hand combat. If you thought living for God was going to be a cakewalk, you've got another thought that, that, that's coming. Living for God is going to be a grappling match. You're engaged in hand-to-hand combat with the enemy. Somebody say amen. Anybody know what it feels like to wrestle? Now, we are not grappling or engaged in hand-to-hand combat with flesh and blood. This is not a physical battle we are fighting, so let's not make it physical. Let's understand the subtlety of the enemy. He would like for us to make the battle uh, physical. He'd like for us to make it about people and about their attitudes and about what they say. But this grappling match is not about flesh and blood. There's another word I want you to look at. It's called principalities. Everybody say principalities. We wrestle, we grapple not against flesh and blood, but against principalities. That word means a supernatural ruler acting in a commanding capacity. That basically means there's a supernatural force that is active against the child of God. Come on, you need to understand that. We are grappling not with physical things, but with a supernatural ruler that is commanding in some capacity. There's another word I want you to notice. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against a commanding ruler and against powers. Everybody say powers. That word means authority or one who exercises administrative control. That's the control of darkness. If you haven't noticed or not, our culture is dark. If you haven't noticed it or not, our government advocates for darkness. If you haven't noticed it or not, there's an administration of darkness in this world. There's an authority of darkness in this world. And Paul says we grapple against not only a supernatural ruler, but an authority that administrates in this world. And then he uses some terms... Rulers of darkness. Everybody say rulers of darkness and that word partially the, uh, the, the word has cosmos in it it's not just about a, a commanding a ruler it's not about an authority that's administrating but it's about a ruler that governs over the inhabited world Paul seems to uh, let us know that we are not wrestling against just uh, our own flesh and blood against our own natural uh, tendencies we're not just wrestling against carnality we are fighting a spiritual fight and and he begins to level out I guess in some ways a a line of authority ending up uh, uh, closing out with uh, world ruler of authority of this inhabited uh, world so we wrestle not against flesh and blood but against principalities powers principalities uh, powers and rulers of darkness and then he uses a word Spiritual wickedness. Everybody say spiritual wickedness. He says that there's a perversion of virtue and moral principles. I've never seen a more spiritually wicked day than I've seen now. The perversion of all that's right. The perversion of all virtue. But I would like to come with good news to this congregation tonight. And it is this. That we are the body of Christ in this dark world. Amen. I said we are the body of Christ in this dark world. Somebody give the Lord a good hand clap if you're thankful for that. We are the body of Christ. Hey, I'd like to say this dark world has hope because the body of Christ is here. I'd like to say this world is not in complete darkness because the body of Christ is here. I'd like to say that the city of God is not set under a bushel. It's set on a hill, and it is clearly seen. I'd like to say there's a place of hope, there's a place of comfort, there's a place of peace, and it's called the church of the living God. I'm glad to be in the church. Oh, clap your hands unto the Lord right now. Hallelujah. Amen. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 12. For as, And we've mentioned this in the last couple of weeks before our revival. For as the body is one and hath many members, and all the members of that one body being many, are one body, so also is Christ. For by one Spirit are we all baptized into one body, whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, and have been all made to drink into one Spirit. Doesn't matter who you are tonight, what nationality you are, how much money you have or don't have. We've all been made, uh, to been baptized into one body, and been made to drink the same spiritual drink. <laughs> I'm thankful for that. Whether we're bond or free, Jew or Gentile, we've been baptized into one body. Everybody say one body. One body. Now that's important for us to understand. That means as we stopped uh, there two weeks ago, we need to understand that our attitude with other people that are in the church of the living God, that this is one body. Somebody say amen. This is one body. Now I know there's a local church here, but that's speaking in broader terms than just a local church here. But I'm thankful that there is a church of the living God in Salem that's full of the Holy Ghost and full of power. I want to see revival poured out in this community. I want to see miracles take place. Amen. Amen. I'd like to say to you tonight what constitutes who I am. And if, if I'm the body of Christ, if I am, the, am in the body of Christ, if I'm a member of that body of Christ, what is it that constitutes who I am? It is Christ in me. Somebody say amen. It's not something I do or experience. It's a, You can't shake a preacher's hand and identify in the body of Christ. You can't sign a card and, and be a part of the body. It takes Christ in you to be a part of the body of Christ. Amen. We are baptized into one body, not only in water, but by His Spirit. For Jesus told John, or in John 3, told Nicodemus, you must be born again of the water and of the Spirit. (laughs) Oh, praise God. Now notice Paul says in verse 12, he says a number of things. I want you to notice the repetition of a number of words. Members is one. Notice the repetition of the word body. And notice also the phrase, so also is Christ. He's basically saying, as your, your body has members, so is the body of Christ. Jesus Christ is in me. That makes me a part of the body of Jesus Christ. So I must be full of the Holy Ghost. I must be full of his power. I've got to let him direct my life. I've got to let him uh, be Lord of my heart. It must be that way. Because nothing in the body can be in the body without being in Christ. Now that's why as I move to what I'm going to say to you tonight. That's why in this church I think it's very important. That we have, uh, that we focus on something that's very, very important. Uh, that's the place of the cross in, in our lives. The, pr- the place of Calvary in our lives. The, the, the focus of the cross in our lives. This is where Calvary comes in. Christ is in me, yes. But Paul said that our, we war, uh, the Spirit wars against the flesh, and the flesh wars against the Spirit. The the cross in my life, Jesus in my life, uh, brings a confrontation to my old human nature. I don't know about the rest of you, but I can't have the attitude of my old human nature and not feel condemned or convicted about it. I can't say, well, that's my anger and I've had it all my life without feeling convicted about it. The cross says to me, no, you can't keep living the way you're living because now Christ is in you. (laughs) Oh, and I thank God that I've got the Holy Ghost. I'm so thankful that He's living in my heart tonight. Amen. Amen. The cross and all that it stands for. I'd like to, tonight, just for a moment, focus on what Jesus in me really means. Because when Jesus resides in me, He brings the principle of the cross. And we find the Lord dealing with us in so many ways. Now, hopefully, tonight I'm not preaching to brand, I am preaching to some folks that are brand new in the Lord, but on Wednesday night I focus on those that uh, uh, live for the Lord a few years. And so let me say to you tonight that the Lord no longer deals with us, hopefully, about sin in our lives. (laughs) Hopefully, this is not just about uh, disobedience. And I know that uh, there are times where we need the Lord to cleanse us. Somebody say amen. But but the Lord deals with us in, in many ways and in many things. Uh, hopefully, the more we live for the Lord, it's not just about sin now. It becomes about weights. It becomes about things in our nature that the Lord is wanting to work in us over. We can never bring into the body of Christ the things of ourselves. I want you to think about that. If our bodies, uh, the members of our body make up uh, what we call our one body. So it is that the body of Christ is in the same way. That nothing uh, that's not of Christ can be a part of the body of Christ. It's like a cancer or an infection if it is. Your body responds when there's an invader, something that's not a part of your body. In fact, uh, the, it, I won't go into all the detail, but, but I feel like it's very important for us to understand just as our natural body functions, so the body of Christ functions there are invaders there are times we have to take antibodies because there is an attack on our system something external you catch a virus or a bacteria just as it is in your body so it is in the body of Christ so what God tries to do when I begin to live for him and walk with him the cross in my life is there to destroy all that is of me and all that's of myself my, my, my nature my my anger my Attitude, my smart mouth. Oh, anybody hear what I'm saying? God wants to touch me there. He wants me to be a part of what He's doing. He wants me to be Christ like in every way. Oh, yes. Oh, somebody praise Him right now. I know He wants to do that in you. And I I believe the Lord wants to save us from ourselves. Christ in me is how I am in the body. That's how I'm a part of His wonderful body. Now what that means, saints, is my ability doesn't matter. My power doesn't matter. My wisdom doesn't matter. It has nothing to do with the body of Christ. Now can the Lord use me? Absolutely. But the strength of me must be broken if I'm going to be what God wants me to be. I told somebody not long ago, usually what God calls you to do, you do not have the capacity to do. Unless God helps you do it, that's exactly what God wants to be in our lives. Somebody say amen. Can God use my abilities? Yes. But every one of them must be nailed to the cross of Jesus Christ. The cross points me straight to the body and the cross keeps the body cleansed from anything that that is natural. Anything from man. I want you to know we need services where nothing nothing of man is there. I want to preach sermons where it's not me preaching out of my wisdom. I'm preaching out of the anointing of the Spirit. We need to operate in gifts of the spirit not because we're talented but because the Holy Ghost is in control of our lives oh lift your hands and love the Lord right now feel his presence Lord have your way have your way The cross, the cross seems to identify in my life the things that I should not be proud of. The cross seems to say to me, there's nothing that you can be arrogant about. The cross seems to say to me, there's nothing for you to hold your head up about in, in pride or in arrogance. You were nothing when Jesus found you and the cross made you who you are. So I'm crucified with him. No, you didn't hear me. Paul said, I'm crucified with him. I like what Paul said. I, I was a doctor of the law. He began to tell us about all his accomplishments and all his abilities and all of his talents. But then he said, I chose not to know anything among you. Save Jesus Christ and him crucified. He said, I let more go after coming to know the Lord. I just had to let it all go. I counted it as dung. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ lives in me. If I'm proud, then I need to be humbled. Nothing that's in me or in us has any place in the body of Christ. He'll use us. But I believe it's very important that the cross do its work. I am crucified with him. And when I'm crucified with him, it may touch something you are holding on to that's very dear. It may touch something that you're uncomfortable letting go about. (laughs) Are you hearing me now? The cross says, no, you can't hold that bitterness. You've got to forgive. The cross says, no, you can't hold that anger. You've got to let that go. The cross says, no, you can't be bound by that any longer because I say you are free. That's what the cross does in a person's life. (laughs) Oh, somebody say amen. What's beautiful about the cross, it brings us into the body of Christ. His blood, the water of baptism, we're baptized into one body. And he fills us with his spirit. I'm thankful for that. And when that happens, the entire body responds. I want you to hear that. There's no freelancing. I I don't I don't know, but when I walked up here to this platform, my right leg didn't decide not to come. Am I okay? I mean, while I'm preaching, my right eye didn't just decide I'm gonna I'm gonna not focus anymore. Am I okay? It's very important that we understand there's no freelancing in the body of Christ. <laughs> in a few weeks ago, I mentioned to you how the church is more important than the individuals that make it up. <laughs> a lot of people like to make the church individualistic, but the church is bigger than you and me. Now, we'd like to make the church us, and some people think they are the church. But the church is bigger than its individual parts. Everybody alright? And I am an integral part of that body. I'm not sure what part, but but if if this is a body thing going on, then then if I'm a finger, then when it's time to point, I better be ready to point. <laughs> If I'm a hand when it's time to reach, I better be ready to reach. I cannot move by myself. My body functions as a unit. And so the body of Christ must function as a unit. So when it's time to worship church, it's not time for half of the body to worship. It's time for the hu- Oh, you're not I must give me a little juice, Connor give me a little juice I want them to hear me well when it's time to pray it's not time for half of the body to pray if Christ is in you the body must respond come on clap your hands unto the Lord and worship him for a minute come on worship the Lord for a minute come on you don't know what kind of effect you're going to have on somebody else. We're in a spiritual battle. Come on, the body must function. Has to. I got a. I got a four-inch zipper on my arm now that'll be there till I die. I cut my arm open here about a month ago, a little longer ago. Uh, I was moving a wood stove out of a, a backhoe bucket, front end loader on a backhoe. And, uh, uh, the fella couldn't quite see me. The 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 glass was fogged up, and he's trying to see me, and he, he had the bucket raised up, and I was trying to slide this wood stove off in the back of my truck, and we had it up high enough, but he had the bucket tilted up, and... Uh, Well, I got in a wrestling match with a wood stove, and it wouldn't move too much, and so I, you know how most uh, tough old birds are. (laughs) This is, this is now the podcast, this is going on the internet, so she may listen to it. I won't say anything about who said somebody was a tough old bird, Uh, but I thought, you know, I'm a pretty tough old bird. And uh, this thing's not moving, and he can't see me or hear me, and I'm just gonna jerk this thing out of this out of this front end loader. So I reached around the back with my left arm and gave it a pull, and it didn't budge. And so I said, you know, every bit of determination in me, uh, and I jerked on that stove, and I felt something give in my left arm. It felt like I pulled my arm out of socket. Something snapped, and and. Uh, I, sh- I shook it off, <laughs> it kind of started tingling, I shook it a little bit and and reached up and pulled the stove out anyway, and uh, I, I knew something was bad wrong though, so I went to the doctor, he said, oh, you just pulled a muscle, you know, uh, we're going to put you on some anti-inflammatories and all that, but, but I noticed I couldn't rotate my arm, and, and I didn't know what was going on, uh, I think the emergency room doctor on the next day thought I was in there to get uh pain pills because he saw me about 20 seconds and, and wrote me enough prescription to kill Nick Mahaney. <laughs> I turned to my wife and said, I, I think he thinks I'm in here for a prescription and uh, so we left. I I didn't feel that prescription. uh, So anyway, long story short, uh, about two months of all that looking at me and trying more anti-inflammatories and and all that, they finally, after two months, they said it happened November 2nd, uh, about the middle of January, they said we better do an MRI because it's not getting any better, and so they did an MRI, and they found out I'd torn, completely torn my bicep tendon. Now, amazing part of that, and I told you how the Lord touched me, I couldn't bear the pain. I said, Lord, you're going to have to take this pain. Took all the pain away. Didn't have any pain at all. Uh, the doctor came in and said, I'm surprised your bicep muscle hasn't rolled up, uh, which if it does that, we have to get to it really quick or it's gonna. we have to leave it like that. He said, but yours hasn't rolled up. It's still laying just about where it should be, and we can go in there, and uh, we need to do this surgery as soon as possible. That was on a Monday, and so on Thursday, I went into surgery, that doctor said, he, he came in the next week and he said you know you're a really lucky man I said well why is that doc he said well when I cut open your arm and I clamped down on that bicep tendon he said when I got a hold of it he said all of a sudden whatever had been holding it there finally let go and that thing tried to curl up and he said I'm glad I had a hold of it I said well doc I knew what held it for two months that was the Lord he said well you're a really lucky man well, anyway, I've I got a great God. I've got a Savior who watches over me even when the doctor's ignorant. But I'll say this, all the, all the work they did on my arm centered on my elbow. They That bicep tendon runs down through my elbow and it was torn right there. So they pull that bicep tendon through your elbow. They drill a hole into your forearm and then they they screw that bicep tendon into that forearm. Now what's crazy is all that's operating up in here. But what it was doing was affecting my the lower part of my arm. You don't realize how you affect somebody else. If you're in the body, you don't know how when you're stiff or broken or or, or torn you don't know how it affects the movement of somebody else I don't have a service where I can sit there and say I'm taking this one off you know why because I'm going to affect somebody else in the body Come on, I'm glad to be in church tonight and I need you here and you need me here. So while we're here, we might as well worship God. Come on, somebody praise Him. Somebody tell Him how good He is. Somebody thank Him for saving your soul. Something's torn, brother. Brother... uh, Lester, bless his heart, we've been praying for him. He wanted to be in revival so bad and couldn't be here any of the revival. And I went by on Monday to see him and he couldn't hardly get around and fell down and messed his back up. And Brother Pate told me before service tonight that he went to the chiropractor and his muscles had finally relaxed enough, they popped his back into place. Boy, it's bad shape when something gets out of place. Think about it in terms of your own body. If we, are in, if we are the body of Christ, then oh God, help me to understand the awesomeness of that. Help me recognize that when the altar calls given, that my part in the body is vital. <laughs> Somebody say amen. Every movement in my body takes its shape on the grounds of the body. I mean, I want you to think about your fingers having a mind of their own. I want you to think about your entire body doing what it wants when it wants to. I want you to think about that. Every movement. I mean, think about it. When you, I, I just, you know, all the analogies are flowing through my mind. I, when I, a few years ago, went to the eye doctor. Now i got to go every year. Lord, deliver me. I got these glasses and they they put that reading pane down on the bottom and when I pulled out of the, pulled out of the eye doctor, out of the eye exam place, i just about killed myself. Because I was just used to glancing, you know, this way and that, rolling my eyes and kind of looking out of the side of my glasses. Oh, that was over. Because now I was looking through the reading pane. (laughs) And it was all whacked out. I'd started up the stairs and just about waxed it. My feet didn't go high enough because of the reading pain. They told me it's gonna be a couple of weeks before you figure all that out. I walked outside and it it kind of felt like this. Whoa, whoa. That's the best way to describe it. Just kinda of like Just just think about me wanting to look over here and see what Aaron's doing. My body has to coordinate. My eyeballs can't say, I want to look at Aaron, and my head say, no, you're not going to look at Aaron. All of a sudden, my body gets in a fight about what it's about to do. I want to go out that door, and my legs say, no, I want to stay here a while, but my upper torso says I want to go home. Think about what your body does in coordination with one another. It never has a rebellion against itself. It's abnormal if it does. You need to go to the doctor if it does. So it is with the body. When it's time to worship, we need everybody. Now I know you're not going to worship like me and I'm not going to worship like you, but we need everybody. We need the body working. We need the body working. Oh, come on, clap your hands unto the Lord. So what? So what this means, saints? I don't. I don't know what part I, I'm I'm playing in the body. I, I guess God hadn't revealed that to to me, or probably hadn't revealed it to you yet. But but let's say, let's say I'm the foot, or I'm the thumb. You know what? If I'm in the body and Christ is in me, I appreciate what He's done for me. And because of that, the cross continues to remind me that I am not my own. That I am not my own. I've been bought with a price. (laughs) That I can't do my own thing because now there's ramifications on an eternal scale. Well, I don't want to do that. Well, you don't have to do that if you're doing your own thing. But if you're in the body, (laughs) it reminds me of two characters I want to draw a parallel as I close tonight. Saul versus David. Everybody say Saul and David. Remember who David was? David was anointed of God. David, it was said, was a man after God's own heart. David and God had such a relationship in spite of all of his ups and downs. We do know that the Lord said that the scepter shall not depart from the house of David. Through this one anointed man, the Christ child would come. God was pleased with him. I guess if we want to type him, I guess he would be a good type of a child of God who's making an effort to live for God by hearing what I'm saying. Now David, a man anointed of God after God's own heart. He had two enemies. Well, the Bible, you know, if you read the entire life of David, there was a number of enemies that he fought. But two main enemies that come to mind. Think about two enemies that David encountered. One comes to mind pretty quickly, Goliath. Another might not come to mind because we think external well, let's come a little closer to home. One, another of David's enemies was Saul. These two enemies really represent what a child of God needs to understand about Christ being in you. There's an enemy that comes from the outside. The world stands up real tall and says, Oh no, you're gonna serve me. <laughs> come on, anybody hearing what I'm saying? And then Saul represents an enemy that comes from within. Saul is the one that stood head and shoulders above all of Israel. He's the one, I guess you could say, he was of exceptional standing. He represents ability. One everybody looks to. He's got the brightest ideas. He's got the most wisdom. He's the one that looks the part of the king. Are you hearing what I'm telling you? But these are two enemies of a child of God. The powers and principalities and rulers of the darkness. Yes, they are an enemy. But there's also an enemy that says, man, I know how to do this. I think I can turn this on. I think if God didn't have me, he couldn't even have a church. And all of a sudden, there's an enemy inside. Anybody hearing what I'm saying? And that is Saul. Yes, You know, the strange thing is Saul can engage in fighting Goliath also. If we're not careful, we can stand head and shoulders over the rest and say, you know, we're going to fight the good fight. We're going to destroy Goliath and really be trying to do it in our flesh. We need the Holy Ghost to guide us, church. People need the Holy Ghost for deliverance. We can't counsel people into deliverance. And I thank God for counseling. We can't fellowship people into deliverance. I thank God for fellowship. But it takes a move of the Holy Ghost. Oh, yes, it does. And I want it. I want a move of the Holy Ghost. Oh, come on, somebody clap your hands unto the Lord. Hallelujah. Finally, there came a day, saints of God, I want you to hear this. There came a day when David, David, with a sling, you remember what he did? He sent a stone into the head of Goliath. Saints of God, that's why we need to be praying. That's why we need to be fasting. Because there's a Goliath rising up in this city that says you're not going to have revival. I'm not going to let you have a move of God. I'm going to keep you back. I'm going to keep you bound. And we need to send a stone into his head. We have the authority that Jesus Christ said we have. Goliath is no match for the power of the Holy Ghost. But notice what happened when David's stone went into the head of Goliath. He did not send a stone into the head of Saul. But the minute that stone hit Goliath between the eyes, it hit the head of Saul also. From that moment, the power of Saul began to wane from that very day. In fact, it could be said that the reign of Saul came to an end when the stone of David entered into the forehead of Goliath. Listen folks, revival is not just about destroying the devil and casting out darkness. We need to understand what that does. It also needs to destroy everything that we count on. See, if we're not careful, we want to fight the devil and keep having our way. Everybody all right? But the stone that hit Goliath dealt a death blow to the head of Saul. That old fleshly king, his reign was over. Now Paul said we're not dealing with flesh and blood, but we are dealing with an enemy of God and an enemy of his people. But if by mercy, the mercy of God, a death blow can be dealt to our enemy, those principalities and spiritual wickedness in high places. If by the mercy of God we can deal a death blow to the unseen enemy, when that enemy is struck, then you need to understand, saints, that Saul's reign is over. Operating in the flesh is over. This is why we need to mortify the deeds of our flesh. Because we're in an all-out war against the enemies of God. And you know what? I guess David showed us that all headship has to go. That every king has to bow. And if you really know the cross, it will lead you into the body. You see, it puzzles me, saints of God. not close It puzzles me. I didn't want to preach her along tonight because you're used to Brother Mahaney's short sermons. I want to kind of work up to it. It puzzles me when I meet people that are so-called Christians. They profess to know the Lord. They say, I've given up everything. They profess to know the cross. They believe in the body. They stress that the old man is gone, yet their life stays the same. You never see the outworking. They say, I've destroyed Goliath, but it never dealt a death blow to their flesh. See, there are people in this church that say, that, 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 well, the devil did this and the devil did that. Well, I want to tell you what God's given us authority over the devil. And usually what happens when we strike the devil where it hurts, it usually is going to strike at us in our flesh. We must realize that not only Goliath is going to fall, but Saul is going to fall as well. Somebody say amen. And so when you meet people that say I'm a Christian or whatever and, and they say well I've, uh, he's the Lord of my life but, but they're bound by so many things and they're, they're battling with so many things and I understand the battle's not ever really going to be over till we get to heaven. But you understand what I'm saying. There are things that have them bound that a child of God doesn't have to be bound by. Oh God help us Lord. Oh God Help us. See, I believe the Lord wants to show us what I'm talking about tonight. Something has to happen to us spiritually so that we really see it. That the cross is not just giving us power over principalities and rulers of the darkness, but it really is a self-awakening that I must decrease so that He might increase. Oh, that's what revival's all about. Shaking me out of my lethargy, oh God. Destroying that that rules head and shoulders above everything else in my life. Come on, I want you to stand right now and I want you to lift your hand and say, Lord, I don't want you just to drive back the enemy, the outside enemy, but Lord, tonight, I pray God there be a, a, a crucifying of ourselves. Oh, Lord. That we would come to the cross and say, Lord, not my will, but thy will be done, oh God. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Help us to see it, Lord. Yes, we need to focus on the Goliaths. Yes, we need to war against principalities and powers and rulers of the darkness. But Lord, don't let us forget that the cross wants us to submit ourselves. In Jesus' name. You know what? I, I think the cross need, wants to say something to us tonight. I, I, I need to understand that all that I go through Everything I go through, all of the Lord's dealings with me, I want you to think about this. If the body of Christ is bigger than its individual parts. Just like your body. There there are things that your body could do without. You recognize that. That your body is not the sum total of your fingers. So, so yes, it's many members, but your entire body is not in view of that individuality. It's not just each individual part; it's a body. So I need to recognize that what I'm going through, that what the Lord is doing with me. I li- I like it when me and the Lord every morning have have this time together, and he, you know, there there are days he. he, he he calls me a tough old bird. Works me open. And then there are days that I just feel Him holding on to me. I love those times with the Lord, just me and Him. But the body's bigger than just me and Him. And everything I go through, I want, you, I want this to hit you tonight. Everything that you go through and everything that I go through, it, it all happens in view of how it affects the body. I mean, just think about that. If I, if I in the body of Christ and the bicep tendon, if I'm just the bicep tendon, when the doctor said that bicep tendon is torn, and the only way we can fix it is to go in there and perform surgery. And then for the next 10 weeks, 10 weeks. You cannot pick anything up with your left hand heavier than your iPhone. They put me in a cast on Thursday from from the middle of my arm all the way down to my fingers. There was nothing wrong but just right here in my elbow. My wrist was still good. My my shoulder was still good. It's pretty hard to fish (laughs) with your left arm in a cast. It affected the rest of my body. Think about hygiene for a minute. Think about high, Think about baths and showers with a cast on your arm. Oh, you say, "Well, just get a big bread bag and put over it." Well, that's fine and dandy. You ever tried to do that? It's a little more difficult, and it takes you twice as long. See. I want you to recognize everything you go through. I got, I got two fingers here at the end of this hand. They, they look like I'm getting old. This is not arthritis. These two fingers right here, that was a sports injury. And when I did it, they taped those fingers. They splinted those fingers and taped them to all my other fingers. And for about two weeks, I couldn't move all my fingers. There are things that we go through and we think, well, why in the world am I going through that? Because God's not just looking at you. He's looking at how it affects his body. And there are sometimes the Lord needs to put me in a cast. There are sometimes the Lord needs to splint me to somebody else. Say, well, I don't like not being able to move and do what I well, you know what? God is not, He loves you. But I want to tell you what, he's bought a church and he's going to present the church before himself faultless. So, what he does with you, and and when you have a bad day and say, Well, the Lord's mad at me, well, it may not be that at all. It may be he understands how you relate to the body. Isn't that precious? When somebody weeps, we all weep. When somebody laughs, we're all supposed to laugh. That's the way the body is supposed to work together. I'm glad I'm in the body tonight. And everything I go through is for a purpose and a reason. And He views me through the body. I want you to lift your hands right now and ask the Lord to give you that wisdom. Lord, you want to eliminate everything that's of me. God, you want to take everything of me out. Because if it's about me, I, I, could, I, could, I could hurt somebody else. If it's about me, I could offend something else. I I could break something else. I could make something else not function right. So, Lord, take me out of the equation, God. I want to be a part of what you're doing, God. Whatever you want to do in me, God. Oh, yes. Come on now, reach over and pray for somebody beside you. Come on. We're brothers and sisters. We are that because of the blood of Jesus. Come on right now, if you're born again, you're a child of the King. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. on those days I feel discouraged it may mean that I'm feeling somebody else's pain and I need to intercede on those days when I feel joyful it may mean I'm feeling somebody else's joy I need to be thankful I want you to think about that I want you to think about that in terms of the body. I want you to think about when you wake up and you think, well, I'm I'm sure going to have a bad day today. I don't feel so hot. I feel like slapping the old tough bird. In fact, if anybody smarts off, I'm going to slap them too. Anybody ever days like that? Come on, just me and a couple of people scratch their heads. Me and Heather and Joyce. Connor Uh, Homer, the Holy Homer, one of the Holy Homers, I wake up and I think, boy, I feel heavy today. Have you ever thought maybe the Lord is letting that feeling come on me because I need to pray through that heaviness that somebody else is in this battle and that's why I'm feeling it. Think about it. if you're the hand and and one of the fingers gets jammed or something, it swells up. It's going to affect the rest of the hand. Think about it when you wake up. It's not just about you. Well, I woke up this morning. I felt real bad. I don't know. God must have let me know it's about the body. So pray, Lord. Whatever's going on, Lord, I don't understand. But I believe we got the victory. I believe I don't have to live this way. I'm gonna. I want you to help some. Anybody ever, anybody ever woke up and, and I I got some golfing friends here, I guess the best way to put it, you wake up one morning and all your drives are straight down the fairway. Man, you're putting everything in the hole. Everything's falling into place. You feel so giddy. You come home and you're giddy. Your parents say, what's the matter with you? And you don't know. Anybody ever felt that way? Why do you all admit you're depressed? Nobody ever says I ever have a good day. Does anybody here ever have a good day, Joyce? Every once in a while. I know, you know, Easter and Christmas. But they do come. Hey, when you wake up and you feel that, Man, I'm going I'm to check off my to-do list. I'm doing everything on the to-do list today. Man, I feel good. My, my, my bursitis is not sinus anymore. My arthritis is not righteous anymore. I'm in my right mind. Have you ever thought somebody prayed the victory through? So there's a part of the body's functioning, and I'm experiencing somebody else's joy. I'm experiencing victory because of because of somebody else's prayer. It's not just about me. Now, now I'm important. I'm not saying you don't pray, but I'm. I want you to recognize how we are interconnected. That when I'm having a bad day, I may just need to realize. Wait a minute, I'm in the body. So that means somebody else is hurting today. So I'm going to pray until I break through this. Because somebody needs me today. I feel the Holy Ghost right now. I believe revelation is sitting on us. I said I believe revelation is coming on us. Come on, that's why I said in every worship service, in every altar service, when we're praying for the sick, when we're giving our offerings, come on body, we're working together. Everybody together. We're a functioning unit. And what one does, it affects the other. So lift your hands one more time, Lord. Help us to to let this revelation fall on us right now. Let it fall on us right now. That my, my difficult days, I need to recognize that I'm not just depressed. That I'm a part of the body. And the body may be in a battle. The body may be in a fight. A foreign agent may have tried to come into the body. The body may be fighting a virus. And I'm going to pray. Because it's not just about me, Lord. It's not just about me, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Have your way, Lord. Move on us, Lord. Help us to be a body that functions together in the health, of God. In liberty, Lord. Praise the Lord. I feel the Holy Ghost here. I pray that God's word has been a light to you tonight. You know what? new people that are coming into the church and I pray it happens more and more. We had a, a great occurrence happen this week in one of our staff meetings. You know what it was? I hope you don't take this wrong. We made a executive decision to buy those containers that you sit outside the door to put the cigarette butt in. When all the staff went out of the office, I remembered a young man that was raised in the youth group that I was youth pastor, and he, he's pastoring pastor a church right now here in the state of Illinois, and he said, I want you to come preach for me sometime, but, but uh, not right now. I said, well, why not right now? He said, well, he said, I got... You know, the church is going through some transformations and there's, there's new people coming and, and they don't look like... I said, hey, hey, bro, I'm celebrating that. Now, now don't, now don't, now wait. All, all the saints of God, don't think because pastor's going to put a butt container outside the door. Don't think now that you can go smoking cigarettes and, and pastor thinks it's okay. That's not the what the point is. The point is, is that we want somebody to be born into the body. And they're going to bring all their baggage and all their, hey, more than baggage, they're going to bring their, their baggage wagon. What's the body going to do? The body's going to pray for them. The body's going to heal them. The body's going to help them. The blood's going to touch them. Oh come on! I thought, man, how revolutionary, how revolutionary that we now need butt containers. There wasn't, yeah, cigarette butt containers, right? Right. What did I say? That's what i Butt, cigarette butt. Everybody knew what I meant. Don't you go warring against me now. I'm in the body. It's a slob doing my job. I thought, you know, there was, there was a day we didn't need those. Because everybody in church, you know. Thank God, now we got to make provisions for that old son coming back home. We've got... Oh. We got well I know I know that's right. We're not we we don't we don't believe we should be addicted to anything, but you know what? I want them in the house of God. I want them And when they get here, I want them to recognize how the body works, man. I'm about, how they love one another. How they care for one another. You know what? That infection gets in your body, or that invader—you know what—that blood, the power of the blood. I don't have to—I don't have to preach a whole nother message, but the power of that blood fights that infection, brings that unit into the body. You stop that blood flow, and the body rejects that part. has got to be—I'm thankful to be in the body tonight. Christ in me. Anybody glad Christ is in you? And if Christ is in me, then I'm in Him. That means tomorrow that what I'm feeling is bigger than me. The revival I feel is bigger than me. The victory I have is bigger than me. It's because I'm connected to the saints of God. Amen. Let's take a minute. Shake somebody.